0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF <laughs> podcast. Oh, it's Saudi Arabia Grand Prix edition. Oh my god. And I'm not I'm not prepared. I'm really not. I'm not over it. Um I don't think either of you are either as well. Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. Wait, I haven't introduced you yet, Tom Tom (laughs) Belly, the WTF1 founder. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I'm I'm fired. And Katie Fairman, the WTF1 author of the annual, which you can still buy. uh, The uh, annual is in the link in the description. Uh, Tommy, what are you going to say?
1: I was going to say that normally by the time, you know, it's Monday, we've calmed down a bit. But that race, I don't think, I I don't think until probably FP1 in Abu Dhabi, I'm going to be calmed down after that.
0: I don't think I'm going to be calm till FP1 and Abu Dhabi next year because I, I the, the race finished and I felt so pent up. I, I don't know if it was the same for you guys. I, usually when the race finishes, they go over the line, you go, ah, it's over. You know, the chaos is over. Of course, we had the whole investigation, shock, and everything else going on. That I'm not over it. I'm, I'm really not. Katie, are you? You've got Christmas Hi. stuff, which maybe, you know, makes you feel a bit better, a bit more jovial, <laughs> but... <laughs>
2: No, well, like after the race finished yesterday, I think I messaged Tom and I was like, I'm ready for a podcast right now. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's bring it on. But I think maybe sleeping on it has been good, composing my thoughts. But yeah, like that was just absolutely obscene what we witnessed yesterday. And it's going to be one of those races that will be talked about for years and years and years to come.
0: Yes, it will. And we're going to talk about it for probably three hours now. So <laughs> settle yourself in, strap your seatbelts. Let's get into some three word race reviews. JJ World Adventures, what just happened? Laurie underscore Sant, this track sucks. And Tabor Sky Pavel, what a yoke.
2: Is that Fair. Fernando Alonso reference?
0: It yeah. is. Yeah? It is, Katie. You oh, know, see, you, I, you, I you watch F1. with <laughs> the memes. Uh, yeah, you know about El Plan as well, I bet um so yeah there you go i mean pretty I, I, uh, the track's sucking I, I don't agree with i think there needs to be changes which we'll obviously talk about as with everything else um <laughs> but look tommy let's just let's dive straight into your three
1: word race review yes here we let's go mine is embarrassing driving standards Oh, oh, oh God.
0: Oh, we're going, we're, we're going straight in. We're there's, going there's, straight in.
1: Um, <laughs> there's no foreplay here. No. And <laughs> oh, Goodness me. Um, yeah. I obviously don't hide the fact that I'm a big fan of Max Verstappen and like his aggressive driving style. And Where's the uh, cape? Is <laughs> it
0: been burnt? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. And,
1: uh, have uh, obviously felt like a lot of his, his driving has been aggressive this year. Um, but most of it okay for me it was so far above what is acceptable in my opinion that even my like, i cannot even defend him for it to be honest it was pretty appalling a lot of the time i mean for me the one of the most annoying ones is actually the very first incident where on the restart uh, when hamilton gets the lead quite easily into the corner there's absolutely zero percent chance that you can get around the outside and make the move. It's not. There's not one percent that that move is ever on. And to be able to just cut over the runoff, push your rival wide. Um, I don't want. I don't want to make this about the stewards because we'll go into that later. But like, you know, and then just get the <laughs> it's position going to be hard not back. To. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then obviously you see the good side of Max Verstappen, where he makes a super aggressive dive down the inside. Absolutely awesome. Uh, that's the good side of Ma- Max's aggressive driving style, you know, very <laughs> marginal, but aggressive and brilliant. Um, but then, you know, we get the, another incident that seemed very similar to Brazil to me where, you know, he's pushing Hamilton wide and a lot of people are going, oh, well, Hamilton went off the track, but it's like, well, if Max pushes him off the track with a yeah, lunge, where else is he meant to go? Um And then the DRS incident, which it's now been found out that he actually did slam the brakes on, which is not good at all. Um, Yeah, I think it was a bit farcical. I mean, Hamilton, uh, I I wouldn't say he's 100% innocent in the whole uh, DRS chicken detection thing. Um, He had plenty of time to react, so I wouldn't say he's like totally innocent, but yeah, Max in particular, his driving was absolutely... Uh, appalling to be honest and it was quite farcical and I think even as a a fan of Max if he'd won the title in the way he uh, he had in that race I think it would have soured it a little bit for me and uh, yeah big big shame I hope it doesn't carry on into the finale.
0: Right Tommy thank you so much for your time on the podcast you now need to go bombard (laughs) your house from all the uh, Dutch Max fans Um, I'm glad you said it because uh, I am of the complete same opinion, uh, um, uh, because it was, in my opinion, and remember, we are all allowed one, uh, it was desperate. It was, yeah. as you say, uh, especially the one where Hamilton was clear into turn one. If it's a completely different turn one and you can hang it around the outside, maybe, I don't know, a Brazil maybe, is something where you can you know, you know, can go side by side into the center S's, then fair enough. But this... We've seen it throughout the entire weekend. It is never on. Even when you're side by side, a lot of the time they either have to cut across the runoff or back out of it. What he did there and then cutting over the... Obviously, he then tried to make the corner, made it look like, or tried to almost make it look like, you know, he was trying to go for the corner. You know, it it was a legit move and whatever. But for me, he knew that if Hamilton was clear, that was it. Hamilton would drive away. And he would win the race and Verstappen would have to settle for second at best. So it was, it was desperate. It didn't feel right. And I mean, if that was just the one instant, fair enough, we could talk about it fine. But then there was, of course, as you mentioned the one where he slid wide, which again is, is more racing incident in terms of like compared to the first one, you know, you can't say that that was as desperate, but at the same time, he was out of control of his car, that smelt a lot like Brazil. And yet the stewards decided to treat that completely differently, which obviously we'll go into. It, it was sorry katie just then, to sum up um yeah it didn't feel right to me watching that you know lewis tried to keep it out and it and people can throw around british bus as much as they want lewis tried to keep it as clean as possible and max tried everything in his power and over to stop lewis winning that race and some of it i think was unfair
2: i completely agree with both you guys it's really disappointing as someone who's sat through this whole season so far we've sat here on this podcast we've praised max like look at our abcdef1 rankings like the guy's got an a or an A off almost every single race this year because although he is aggressive he's also supremely talented with it and that kind of driving style has lent itself to making sure that he's up there with lewis hamilton a seven-time world champion like that's not an easy task to do but he's just really let himself down in Saudi. There weren't, like you say, there wasn't just one move that was a little bit um, controversial like we saw in Brazil. It seemed to be one thing after another thing. And although, you know, yes, Max is younger, he hasn't got the experience that Lewis has. You've got to remember, I think Max is 24, Lewis is 36. So they're both drivers and very different parts of their careers. But still, like, it was just massively disappointing. And I don't want... Um, you know, all the speculation going into the final race, could Max crash Lewis out and have an incident like that? Because in theory, because they're now tied on points, he's got more wins, so he could secure the championship in that way. But um, it's just really, like Tommy said, put a sour taste in I think a lot of people's mouths because we've seen a fair share of eventful races, you know, um, the ball swinging in both Courts, that's definitely not a phrase, but I made it one of like where Max has done things that are questionable. Hamilton might have done things that are questionable and they've been penalized accordingly. Silverstone, Mons are perfect examples. But this just seemed to be Verstappen crossing that line and not just by like a tiny margin, like a big step over the line. And he's got to bring it back for Abu Dhabi. Otherwise, if Max wins this championship this week, then I feel like there's going to be quite a lot of. Fans disappointed in the manner at which he, you know, behaved himself in these last few races.
0: Yeah, he has to show that he's learned from from this. In my opinion, I don't think he will. Just purely from his comments after the race, and you know, being voted driver of the day, which I found absolutely mind boggling. <laughs> um But you know, things like that, I, I I think he is very stubborn and set in his ways, and I, I don't think he will go into Abu Dhabi with any kind of different <laughs> mindset. Uh, hello, Frank. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Perfect. Um, next question. Well, actually, first question. At Hanifan Matthew, the fight between Max and Lewis was amazing when they were racing hard, but this weekend displayed childish tactics in an attempt to gain a lead. The lack of maturity from the teams and drivers was awful. Do you think something should be done to combat this? I don't know from drivers. I'm not sure if you're putting Lewis into that as well. I, I, I'm not sure exactly where that uh, is, but obviously the maturity from the teams comes from... Uh, To be fair, I mean, there was a case of telling the teacher a little bit uh, from both parts. And you can tell Max in particular was getting quite frustrated on the team radio from what we heard. Um, To combat it, I don't really know what can be done apart from racing fair and clean and by the rules. Obviously, the rules need to be made a lot clearer as we will go into. But, you know, it was, you know, there was moaning about the 10, uh, was it 10 car length behind when lining up to the grid or Max doing a, a start in the pit lane, it was literally like, Oh no, he's done this. No, he's, he's done this. And I just wanted to be focused on the racing a little bit. It, it did become a little bit farcical in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I think like we can't underestimate the amount of pressure that these drivers are under. If they can get an extra, you know, good point or tell a teacher on the other one, if they think that's going to help with the championship, then they'll do it because these guys are at the pinnacle of motorsport and we've said countless times with the rules and regulations that if there are loopholes, then teams and drivers will try and take them. Um, but yeah, in terms of what can be done, I don't really know. It's not like we're going to, you know, have a live stream of them both in therapy being like, I'm really sorry. And I'm really sorry. And let's hug and kiss and make up. I I mean, don't get me wrong. F1 are missing a trick if I don't see (laughs) that. Um, but yeah, this is just the pressure cooker of formula one. And I think both drivers, it's very evident that they are number one in their team, Um, especially for somebody like Red Bull. We know the kind of person Christian Horner is. Max is the golden child, you know. Um, He's definitely the the favourite son, if you like. Um, But has it got to a point now where maybe Christian Horner's gone too far and Max is almost believing um, in all of the... I don't know how, but you know, like Christian Horner will twist things in a way that it's like Max is never in the wrong. It's always let them race. It's never that was crossing a line. Um, And maybe Max has got caught up in all of that. And I think Toto is similar kind of thing. I think he's a bit more level headed than Christian, but maybe the same with Lewis is that we've definitely seen a side to Toto this year that I would argue we haven't seen before, which is um, quite cutthroat um, and being quite gossipy to the media, you know, whether that's slating maybe Bottas publicly after Mexico, for example, or just slating Christian Horner and calling him a windbag. Like it's, (laughs) it is kind of like unprecedented times. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure apart from sort of banging their heads together and saying, cut it out. What much else there is going to be that you can do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is, it's kind of new, territory a little bit in terms of if you'd had i guess this is the first proper intense battle we've had for a very 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 long time um and it's a new era where we've got things like fia team radio you know there's more team radio than ever there's drivers on social media there's all this kind of stuff that we've never experienced before um and formula one themselves know what the narrative is here and they, they they deliberately are you know picking constantly every slight dig on the radio from Hamilton about Max or Max about Hamilton they're going to play it and yeah they're they're obviously is you know it was constant throughout the race of like he's doing this he's doing that telling the teacher kind of thing um it's hard it's hard for me this goes in a little bit into into the stewarding but it comes we, we said in the Brazil podcast that them not even investigated would set a dangerous precedent going into the last two rounds. And for me, this is the, almost like the the consequence of that going, of the, of the drivers kind of being like, all oh, right, if you don't penalise pushing each other off and all this kind of stuff, then we'll just do it. And um, th- there doesn't seem to be any kind of set rules of what you can and can't do in a title fight. And it's clear that both drivers are just going to do uh what what they can so, um yeah it's it's hard it's hard because at the end of the day they are racing for the ultimate prize in in f1 and they are going to want to do everything but until the fia or anyone step in there's not really a lot they can do about it
0: nope and uh <laughs> well, it's, well it's similar to, I, I think when the season ends it'll probably all just calm down and, you know, whoever wins, wins, hopefully. Fingers crossed there won't be 700 investigations after Abu Dhabi. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it makes me think of like, you know, boxing when they're just constantly just going at each other. But then at the same time, they don't, Like Lewis in particular doesn't really say anything in the media, doesn't, doesn't bite at all. I was expecting a good old nibble from Lewis Hamilton after <laughs> this race. But, yeah, he, but did, he did in the, he said basically like the rules don't apply to the don't yeah I, I, I yeah, I mean, it, he always does it in a roundabout way. He never goes, Max was a right, leap does it or anything like that which i think you know um is maybe uh, you know it's not as bad as things like boxing but anyway uh, you know there are there is always going to be a bit of mudslinging and um yeah interesting stuff next question that's uh there's there's so much to talk about it's frightening <laughs> uh Juliet underscore jewel why did hamilton want to stay behind for stappen they are racing drivers isn't it in their nature to pass whenever they see a tiny opportunity this this whole incident is so confusing uh, for many reasons. I I think both drivers are at fault. I think Max is more at fault. Um, But then I also think the FIA is at fault because the FIA did not tell Red Bull and Mercedes at the same time that they are going to swap the cars. So as far as we are aware, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton did not know that Max was going to slow down and let him through. However, (laughs) there's there's so many factors to this because of course, firstly, Max Verstappen he knew exactly what he was doing. And as soon as Lewis didn't play game with going past at a point that he absolutely knew Max was going to then DRS straight back down the straight and into turn one, probably take him back. Um, Verstappen obviously saw that Hamilton was not playing game and braked harder. And that's where he got the penalties because he did 2.3G, 2.4G worth of force or something, um, which caused you know Hamilton to crash into the back. How Lewis Hamilton and his car survived that with his front wheel not coming off, I do not know. And then, I mean, there's a whole different debate as to the penalty given out, which we will get into, and whether or not if Lewis's wheel had come off, it would have been the same penalty. Um, Why I think Hamilton wanted to stay behind Verstappen is one, a bit of confusion. Why the hell is Max slowing down? This is a bit weird. I've not been told anything. And two, the DRS, the whole thing about the DRS. Like he, he knew if he was going to go past Verstappen, and he probably has in the back of his mind, you know, racing drivers are hugely capable to think about a million different things and race a Formula One car. He knows that probably Verstappen at that point, you know, in split second decision has been told to give back the position, but he knows that turn 27 is not the place he wants to go past for Max to then get back past again. The rest is history. Like why Hamilton then crashed into the back of him or didn't go round him. Because if Hamilton had just flown past, I reckon he probably would have been fine into turn one because he would have had (laughs) a clear enough gap uh, out of turn 27. But the
1: whole thing is just an absolute farce. I could not believe I was watching it. I think it shows that Max has maybe got into Lewis's head a little bit. Well, I say a lot, actually, because if that's a back marker or any other car in front of him breaking down, Hamilton just goes past him and overtakes him. And yes, there's all this talk of like the onboard and oh, he's not got enough room. I don't think that's true personally. No, I, I know Max was it. in the middle of the track, but you can see from the uh, more to the left. Uh, you can it? see from yeah. the like uh bird's eye yeah. view that yeah, yeah. that there was room to go there. Um and Lewis is a uh you know, an exceptional racing driver uh, and equally the same as Max, they know what they're doing. They're they're two drivers that will do everything they can to get an advantage. We've seen Hamilton play DRS chicken with Alonso before when uh, I think it was a Canada a few years back and they both came to the line and Hamilton dabbed uh, like the brake or eased off the accelerator. Alonso knew what he was doing. They both eased off and because they wanted to like, they knew they could get past each other on the straight. there's it, it was quite a long time that this was happening, so it's not like it was Max slammed the brakes on immediately and Lewis went into the back of him. Hamilton 100% knew that he's playing DRS chicken here, I don't want to pass him now. And then, obviously, the problem is that Max then slammed the brakes on, <laughs> heavier, the brakes on Um which is-, which is appalling. Um, but yeah, I guess the again, it kind of comes down to a few things, one of them this has never been put put in place and it's never been seen before, but you're almost surprised it's not because we did see a little bit of uh, DRS chicken going on throughout the race. We saw it with uh, Bottas and Ricardo a little bit where some people, you know, you kind of ease off because you don't want to pass in a certain section to use DRS. For me, the solution is get of DRS <laughs> and use a uh, push to pass instead. But I think even if that's not going to happen going forward, F1 need to have a closer look at DRS and and do concrete rules of if you're letting someone through you can't um you know you're letting someone through you can't do it in like the DRS zone because another thing um that de- didn't even mention is Max's move um straight after when he did let him through was li- allowed was, it? it's not allowed because not ha- I'm, because I'm, Hamilton, thank you I'm
0: so happy someone yeah, i was literally sat there like That's he literally can't not do a, that. they
1: put that rule in place because Hamilton did it uh, ironically, yeah, it's Hamilton. It's a, Ham- a rule again that Hamilton, when he was Max's age, uh, going was that a for spa, his first right title at Spa. Yeah. yeah, Hamilton ran wide, needed to get the place back, and then he just dived up the inside as soon as he gave. And they were like, no, you can't do that anymore. They gave him a penalty, they said, you can't do it anymore. And that was now the rule that if you let someone buy, you can't go by at the next corner. So that wasn't even legal anyway. Didn't he didn't get a penalty for that, did he? No,
0: obviously, we will the
1: rules
0: but at the same time we kind of have to also speak about it but yeah my understanding and it's obviously not clear at all and that's one of the big problems that the FIA had during that race is that obviously Verstappen got given that five second penalty for turn one and then he was given the opportunity to give the place back (laughs) then he overtook Hamilton after giving the place back and still got the penalty so I think in my head the FIA just haven't communicated properly that Verstappen did not do that that whole relinquishing the position well enough so they gave him the five second penalty but for me it should be Max you've just like if they're doing this whole oh deal uh, they, they surely would come over the radio and go well Max didn't give that back properly no, they need or to some say, sort of, you need yeah. to give it
2: back in the next three laps or you get a five second penalty it needs
0: to be done yeah, they, and, and dusted it was, there were so many laps as well wasn't there there was three laps before we even knew if you had
1: to get give it back well, we had an no idea what was laps. going on no one had yeah. any idea what was going on it's like what what's the rule <laughs> here because he's crashing into the back of him you don't know what's going on chaos yeah it was just ridiculous really
2: it is it is stupid and it was quite amusing so I watched both the Sky coverage and then Channel 4 coverage uh later on in the UK DC David Coulthard seemed to think that the move that Max pulled after letting Hamilton by and then retaking the position was fine um
0: but, I wonder why. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. What um, team
0: did he drive for? Yes. Who does he often get after? private?
2: <laughs> yeah. Who does he get private jets with? I wonder. Um. From track to track, but uh. Yeah. The whole thing was just daft, and the media picked up on the fact that the uh, DRS detection line was ahead, and you know was putting this question to Toto Christian, some of the drivers, and they're all going, "Oh, was it? Was it there? I didn't. I didn't realise. Both do. I,
1: yeah. Well. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So, so on, then yes. they went
2: went to the stewards, and it says clear as day in the stewards decision document it was obvious that neither driver wanted to take the lead prior to the drs detection line three so both drivers whether they flat out admitted it or alluded to it heavily in in the stewards office it's obvious that that was what was was going on do i think verstappen could have moved over to the right more undoubtedly should hamilton have gone past sooner in the gap available totally should the fia have prioritized the order in which, they order. Gave a commu- order? <laughs> in which they gave the communication, yes. I think, you know, Michael Massey can only do so much. He's only got so, he's not an octopus. He can't push all these buttons and speak to all these different people at the same time. Like, I I get that. But if you think about it, if you're telling the person in front, right, you need to let them by, Max wants to get that over and done with as soon as possible. So they're going to relay that straight back to Max and go, right, you need to let Hamilton pass. In that time... Michael Massey then has to go over to, to Mercedes and say, this is what's going to happen. But switch it round. Say, OK, uh, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to ask Verstappen to give the position up. So please get make your driver aware of that this could be happening in the next few laps or whatever. It's a tight and twisty track with blind corners all around the place. And... I just think that that was a silly decision from the FIA, which really, Katie, uh, think something stupid. You haven't, wow. got, you haven't
0: even got into your 3 race <laughs> review yet. We've already God. absolutely demolished the FIA. Um,
2: um, but yeah, I think like like you guys say, everyone is to blame partly, but Verstappen should have the majority of the blame, which is what the FIA decided.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Max, fair enough, tried to play DRS chicken. Completely accept that. Tried to let Lewis through, fine. Bit of gamesmanship. But then breaking harder, like he was playing iRacing or something. or It's literally like an F1 game move. Like that's something you try and do and you don't really care. Oh, I'll slam on the brakes a bit more. It's literally real life. And I feel like that somehow kind of crossed over to him. And fair enough, if it had worked, he would have looked like a genius. But yeah, it was clear. I was,
2: that it
1: was so uh,
2: worried that that was just game over for Hamilton. Oh, well, I, 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 I messaged in win. the chat and I was yeah. like, oh my God, is this how Max is going to win a championship? Because if Hamilton didn't score points yeah. and Verstappen was able to take first or second, the
0: stop go penalty. Fine, championship. Yeah,
2: yeah, championship won, and I was like, no, please, no, I
0: don't want to oh, this I'm way. so shocked that both those drivers managed to finish the race after that. I thought Hamilton was going to be finished. I thought and maybe Hamilton maybe had damaged Stappen wing already. A, yeah, I thought Verstappen may have got a puncture from that. Nope, it was absolutely fine. They both just carried on their merry way. <laughs> anyway, next question. At damn it, Jason says a more legitimate question with Max winning the tiebreaker over Lewis. What prevents him from wrecking them both <laughs> to secure the world championship? Do the stewards have the autonomy? To assess any type of point penalty. Ha, huh.
1: yeah. Well, so, um, it, I mean, if hide, you, Max, hide your pictures in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: literally, yeah. yeah no and now over Shoe to me. the Schumacher fanboy. Uh, what's yeah, your
1: opinion on yeah. this, man? Shut it.
0: Um, <laughs> obviously, yes, if they both crash, Max will win because he's had more race wins this season. However, if. like I don't think Max will go to that level of taking out Lewis on purpose. I think that his driving this weekend was, as we've mentioned, pretty appalling and shows that he will do anything to win the title. I I, I just don't know how far he's going to go. So that's something that's going to kind of unfold. Um, but if Max is deemed to have taken Lewis out on purpose to win the world championship, he could be disqualified. No no. No, no cap. I don't know why I keep saying that. I said it in IBR as well. But yeah, it's literally like that can happen. So Max can't just simply rear end Lewis off the start like we've seen in uh, championship deciders before in the past uh, and get away with it. Um, but that is going to be a, if that if that happens. <laughs> can
1: you <I> imagine?
0: <laughs> can you imagine waiting for that decision? Uh, I just pray. I pray that does not happen. Um, but. After this season, literally, I'm not writing off anything.
2: No. I mean, like you say, nothing is going to prevent him from doing it. I'd like to think in his character, he doesn't have it in him that he wants to fight this much the same as Hamilton does wheel to wheel to the end and win it fair and square.
0: And for the good of his career as, yeah, as well, Yeah, exactly, right? like exactly. He would be booed to kingdom come for the rest of his life if he took out Lewis Hamilton, for example, in a lot of the races, in my opinion. Obviously not the Dutch Grand Prix and some others maybe, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think he he knows that he wants to win this properly and on track and be the faster car. I don't know what will happen if, if he is second and Lewis is first. That's something after the Saudi... I wouldn't have said that before Saudi Arabia. Now I don't know.
2: Mm. Well, we have seen it before, as we sort of alluded to, um, that in 1997, the championship leader, Michael Schumacher, did did (laughs) crash into his championship rival, Jacques Villeneuve, to defend the race lead at the final final round of the championship at the European Grand Prix. Um, As a result... Schumacher was deemed at fault for the incident and Unfair. was punished by being stripped of his second place in the championship. I mean, yeah, that fair, would just probably, be It's not
0: like a Jeremy Clarkson. Oh no, anyway,
1: I mean, he did, no, that yeah. it was <laughs> like you have been banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I didn't finish second. And but then, of, like, then again, ninety four, he got away with it, uh,
0: and exactly. you know, flipped into the wall, and you know, he and Senna the wall got gravely. away with it
1: mm. uh, in the nineties, and I guess Prost as well is kind of. <laughs> the the fact that sort of senna is uh hamilton's biggest hero and now essentially hamilton's almost going up against a driver like yeah. senna who is yeah. willing to ram him off the road to win the title or or kind of get every advantage he can i mean that's coming from a max know,
0: verstappen fan everybody watching by the way that's tommy is a max yeah. verstappen fan thank you
1: <laughs> see i don't i don't think that he would i think he's going to do everything he can in his power similar to I guess you could argue similar to what Hamilton did in 2016, where you know he so backed up Rosberg. It wasn't particularly sporting, but he wants to win a world title. So he's going to do everything he can. And his... that's the line, isn't it? Yeah. That's the yeah. Line. So like, so he wasn't crashing into him. He wasn't doing anything absolutely ridiculous like slamming on the brakes. Um, but the thing is, yeah, it, it, I can see Max doing something like that you know I'm sure he'll probably go for an absolute dive bomb at the hairpin or something and have a go uh I really hope it doesn't come to that um but unfortunately uh the way (laughs) the way Saudi Arabia went um I like to think that I thought there's absolutely no way that's going to happen and I was actually quite annoyed by the narrative that people were pushing that they're going to be equal on points and Max is just going to crash into him to win the title and I was like no that's not fair you can't really say that but then after Saudi <laughs> I can't I can't say that there's not a little bit of my brain quite concerned that that could happen and like you say it'd be such a rubbish way to win the world title regardless of whether you believe that you know Max should have won it anyway because he had all these failures in Baku and uh got taken out by Bottas and stuff. If he takes Hamilton out to win the title, regardless of whether he should have won it anyway um, and had bad luck along the way, it's not going to go down well. And I don't think deep down that any Verstappen fan would want and be happy about it. So, yeah,
0: we'll see. I'm not sure if you've watched Twitter recently, Tommy. I know you don't watch (laughs) Twitter anymore. Uh, Next question. Let's dive straight into uh, Botzilla says, do you think that despite being one of, if not the closest title battles ever, the constant drama on and off the track will leave some kind of cloud over this season from the sporting perspective? Yes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, as I've mentioned, mudslinging going on between, especially Mercedes and Red Bull, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner, and, you know, all kinds of investigations and whatever and whatever. I think some drama is obviously great and drama does sell. Like, don't get me wrong. Have you seen Drive to Survive? Like uh, this season is going to be absolutely insane. I think it will, if, if the last race comes down to anything, but just great racing, whoever's fastest wins, then the whole season will be fine. If that's it, if that's how it goes down, if they crash, then we've got another very sour taste, I think, left in our mouths. No matter who wins. If Hamilton or Verstappen win because of a crash, it's going to be a massive anti-climax. I think of you know when they crash in Monza, you know, you kind of go, Ah, oh, you know, oh, it's big drama, but at the same time, I kind of wanted to watch them race. And that's the whole point. We're here to watch them race, not who can crash the best. So yeah, I I, I hope that the last race will just sum it up nicely. We'll have a great bit of racing with an updated Abu Dhabi track, and then we're all good. <laughs> but how yeah. you know, how likely is it that we're gonna get a boring race? Well, to be fair, Tommy's prediction thinks that. But I mean
1: Probably unlikely. That's, well, I thought that. I was like, at least the final race is Abu Dhabi where not a lot happens and it might just be a big anticlimax climax where Hamilton wins and Verstappen's third and just can't get anywhere near him anyway. But, uh, look at Sochi and Paul Ricard and all the races we got were <laughs> going to be terrible. God so you never, you never you know. I don't think we're getting um, a rainstorm
0: in Abu Dhabi, but yes.
1: Sure. No, but, but still, <laughs> it's, yeah, you can't really write anything off this season. Um, but in terms of yeah I've kind of already gone into it that I don't want I don't want a, a title to be decided that way and I don't think deep down regardless of what people say on Twitter I don't think deep down people would uh, want their their driver to win a title in such a way.
2: Now I've said this throughout the whole season from the first sort of Incidents we had at the beginning of the year to Silverstone to Monza, I am one of these fans. I don't want to be seeing all these big crashes. Yes, it might be great for the um, media side of things and getting the attention of
1: Sky Sports (laughs) showing that. That replay. crash every time with Merry Christmas. Yeah, I know. I, I was weird. like, what? <laughs> it's, insane, <isn't>
2: it? <laughs> it's so strange. I'm like, yeah, ha- like the Halo is saving Lewis Hamilton's life and it's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would so much rather see wheel-to-wheel action, you know, if it has to come down to it being won through strategy calls, then that's also, it's not a great part of Formula One, like in the same sense as if you watch them fighting on track, but I'd much rather... A championship be decided through something like that than a crash um, because like they've said I think that that would really um, leave a, a disappointing end to what has been an unbelievable season um, and what I don't want is for 10 years time people to look back and not think wow 2021 really was the most incredible season ever but instead think oh yeah that was the year that like Lewis and Max were sort of like going at it all the time and then it ended in a crash and it was like a really bad ending to the season. That's not what this season deserves. It deserves something better than that.
1: It's, it's funny gosh, that you, gosh, you kind of upset when, when I was growing up, everyone lauded the whole uh, and and every sort of like F1 video I ever watched. Um, it was always like, oh, the Senna and Prost era was the best. But now we're kind of living in that era where there are collisions between them, and it, it gets a bit silly sometimes. You're actually like, in my opinion, anyway, it's like eh, this isn't actually. Very nice i'd much rather than go wheel to wheel and not crash into each other and just have a good have a good battle i don't want to i don't want to see them crashing into each other i, I want silverstone before the crash not the crash <laughs> I want, exactly i want yeah. half a lap of racing that's great yeah <laughs> uh-
0: This podcast is brought to you by Rev Motorsport. Rev Racing is a game where you can play and earn an in game currency which can be converted into real life money. And Rev is the utility token that serves as the primary currency of purchase, utility, and action across all Rev Motorsport blockchain games by Animoca brands. If you already have one of the exclusive WTF1 NFT cars, you'll be entitled to be airdropped a WTF1 catalyst item to upgrade your car to the next level. If you don't have one of our cars, but you're interested in getting involved with Rev Motorsport and Rev Racing, you can head over to OpenSea.io and look up Rev Racing to see all of their NFT cars. For more information on the upgrade system, the link is in the description below. There are loads of games in the Rev Motorsport ecosystem, so what are you waiting for? Get involved with Rev Racing, earn some real-life cash, and have fun while doing it. We'll see you on track. Next up, we have Beer 52. What's better than eight free beers? That's right, ten. The festive season is upon us, and in the spirit of giving and charity, Beer 52 are offering listeners ten free beers. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 for postage to claim your free case. What's more, do it before the 17th of December and get two extra beers. But remember, you have to be over 18. Beer 52 is a beer club like no other. They send experts around the globe to find the best beer available anywhere on planet Earth. Each month, their members receive a new case, usually from a different part of the world. Members have had beer from more than 40 countries across five continents. If dark beer's not your thing, simply choose the light option. As well as all the delicious beer, you'll receive Ferment Magazine, which delves into the beers, breweries and theme. You'll also get two delicious snacks to wash down with the beer. After redeeming your first case, you'll join the monthly beer club, £24 per month, no minimum commitment, pause or cancel at any time. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code WTF1. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner as well. Get the Performance Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code WTF1. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use and is almost sure to get a laugh. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Right, uh, Katie. Why don't we give you the mic for the next uh, uh, 25 minutes and uh, give us your three-word race review? Thank you.
2: Well, before I get into my three-word race review, I'd just like to say I absolutely adore the number of tweets I got (laughs) in preparation for this rant. You all knew it was coming. Good old FIA rant for myself. Literally only a week ago or two weeks ago, I was saying, I think I'm going to give the FIA rants a rest now. I think I've said all I need to say. And then
0: Saudi Saudi
2: Arabia happened. So great. (laughs) Um, right, so there's a whole page of notes. I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> um, but before we even had Formula One racing,
1: okay. three, <laughs> race oh,
2: sorry,
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe start with that.
2: Uh, FIA lost control. Okay, right. right. Tommy, sit back, nice and enjoy. Spicy. Okay, yeah, put your put your mics on mute, guys. <laughs> um, so, from repairing the barriers at five thirty p.m. local time on Sunday, which delayed the F two race, and with barriers. As we're going to later, I'm more than happy to be safe and sorry, but why did it take until 5.30 for them to realise that the barriers were damaged from a crash the day prior? I don't know. And then the horrifying crash at the start of the F2 with no visible flags for the car of Porcher and then obviously for Tipaldi going up the back of him. How is that even like a separate incident, but being allowed to happen is just not good enough. And then on to the Formula One. Uh, I'm glad obviously the Schumacher was okay but with consistency this weekend with Leclerc crashing in the same place at FP2 and in so many races or qualifying sessions this year is it was evident to me that as soon as Schumacher hit that barrier and demolished it that it would be a red flag. I messaged Tommy straight away and was like surely that's the decision and then I don't know if it was a case if they wanted to remove Schumacher's car and could see maybe that the, the barrier had been pierced or something but It seemed pretty clear that that was going to be a red flag. Obviously, the delay in uh, issuing the red flag undoubtedly benefited several people, Max Verstappen being one of them. And, you know, it's, I guess, quite easy for people to watch it from their comfort of their own homes or even knows Hamilton himself saying the barriers didn't look that damage, but I would so much rather that it gets red flagged and the barriers are sorted and that has peace of mind. But there's no doubt that the length of time it took ruined so many races. And then... (laughs) we had all this bargaining over positions Michael Massey just simply forgetting Esteban Ocon existed when he was doing one of his bargaining tours by saying "Um, I'll let let Max have P2 that was a really bad Michael
0: Massey that wasn't too bad actually
2: oh thank you (laughs) I've been practising it all year with my (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
2: of him forgetting that Esteban Ocon Ocon existed. Um, and then it was like a scene from Deal or No Deal, making deals with the devil. To be honest, I feel like a game of spin-the-wheel would have been more appropriate to decide some of the incidents by the stewards. There's absolutely no consistency. Um, or they seem really hesitant to give a penalty in which maybe there's been a similar incident at that some point in the weekend or in the F2, or whatever. I just don't understand why it's okay that's an exact replica of what happened in f2 slam dunk five second penalty yada 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 it's evident there's a lot to do during such a chaotic race perhaps the lack of experience from michael massey plus the stressful nature of the job isn't helping i've said before that i think being an fia race director although you guys crack me up with all your katie for fia race director comments it's a poison chalice it's a difficult thing to balance but it's very evident that now I think well it's time for Michael Massey to go he's got no respect from the drivers he's got no respect from the team principals um, no respect and from
0: Katie Fairman no
2: which is obviously the most important of the lot yeah. that's all he cares about is what I've heard um but I feel like this race really was the straw that broke the camel's back I feel quite a lot of people have been Fairly sympathetic with him throughout the year, understanding it's a stressful job, but the amount of Michael Massey comments that I saw in the media and from people just online yesterday was the most I've ever seen. Um, When you have team principals saying that they miss Charlie Whiting, you know something is bad. Um, And it's just very evident that Massey is in the deep end and quite simply, he is drowning. So... um, Anyway, I hope that rant lived up to expectations, everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was probably less savage than I expected. I thought there was going to be a few more swear words and we we're going to get demonetised. Well, listen, uh, I had
2: to be careful.
0: No, it was good. <laughs> no, thank you, Katie, for that. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already kind of suggested it in our first part of the podcast that Michael Massey just had absolutely no idea what he was doing. Um, and he hasn't had an idea really for that long like we, he, he's been in charge for what, two seasons just under two seasons uh yeah he took when, over when straight we, after
2: whiting passed away so yeah. that's 2019
0: and we tragically lost uh charlie whiting the legendary race director um and fair enough like you know a, a couple of mistakes slipping through the net fine you know you're new to the role or whatever but there's been so many problems so many issues some of which very dangerous to marshals to drivers themselves you know, leaving recovery vehicles out uh, Turkey last year um, when they sent them all out for qualifying and things like that, that, you know, it's not like, a oh, in the heat of a moment, I need to make a decision. There's things where the decisions are being made with a huge amount of thought and, well, not a lot of thought, a lot of thinking time. Um, So, yeah, I would be very happy to see a change somewhat In the FIA, Uh, there's a video going out um, today. It may already be live by the time you watch this podcast. uh, Around all the things that they did wrong uh, at the uh, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, and also what they've done previously as well. And that's not something we used to really saw uh, with Charlie Whiting. Um, I know that we didn't have the FIA team radio then, so we didn't get an insight as to how he governed and managed it. But I can't really remember a huge amount of things where Charlie Whiting was, you know, at least being, you know. Called out for not doing this, not doing that. He seemed like he had a very good hold of being able to manage a lot of different things at the same time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, something needs to change. Like, it can't go on this way. It can't.
1: That that FAA radiographic, like you, like you said, is <laughs> it couldn't be worse for for Massey that that has been put in because you do yep. get to hear all the kind of. Um, yeah, all, all the thought process behind it. And it doesn't give you confidence when, you know, I appreciate that when Charlie was doing, it, you know, you have a discussion, things things would have to be done and then decided. But a lot, there's a lot of things that need a quick, snappy decision. And you just have to be decisive whether it's popular or not. Uh, and I think, yeah, this race was the biggest example of where they just completely lost control of the whole situation um they had done again and kind of said it that this all started well, it started a long time ago, but Brazil um that incident and this this incident uh all the driving you could tell they just didn't know what to do it felt it felt to me that when we'll go into this that they they just really didn't want to mess with the title and was was taking every sort of. <laughs> everything in their power to make sure it did stay close, which I said uh, that they might do. And then was like, no, they're probably not doing that now. But then now I feel like they definitely are because in my opinion, there was a few things there that um, wouldn't, that they could have done that wouldn't have made the title uh, equal on points, but they chose not to do that.
0: And that's the thing, you know, them steering clear of the championship is inadvertently changing the championship and you know as much as they want to for entertainment purposes have it as close as possible or do maybe hypothetically they do i don't know it's not confirmed obviously if that it came out and there was an actual confirmed bit of evidence that would be uh f1 over but uh yeah it's it's just it's it just feels like they are winging it like that it literally feels like you know for example mick schumacher going into the wall at turn 21, which has been a danger zone for the entire weekend, for both Formula 2 and Formula 1, there sh- there, in my head, you go, if someone goes in there at high speed, it's a red flag. Mm. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter how, like, you don't have to go and assess it first or whatever, or let's throw a safety car for a few laps, then we go and make a decision. Like, there should be a hard and fast rule. Like, you can't say that there's many different ways a car will go into a barrier that will cause it to be different, like, they clearly want to take precautions and therefore there should be a hard and fast rule of that. I I don't understand why there isn't for a lot of things. I know I get racing incidents are different. You know, you have to judge them a lot of the time case by case, but with stuff like that, it just seems like they have no idea what they're doing, which is, which is quite scary.
2: Yeah, like with Mick Schumacher's car, it was very evident that that car was not going to be making its way around unaided to the pits again. There was going to have to be a recovery vehicle on track. The barriers were visibly damaged. You could see the impact that the car had had and how that had affected the barriers. So it just seemed like such and like with Leclerc, I know that they red flagged it at the end of FP2 because there was like three minutes on the clock or something and probably thought it's easier if we just red flag it. But And also I, they
0: do that anyway, don't they? That, that's yeah. what they're doing in practice over but the race.
2: I just I can't understand why that wasn't red flag sooner. I'm sorry. There might be some really technical reason as to why it wasn't red flag sooner. But they
0: haven't communicated that to us. No, so how just, else are we gonna do it apart from speculating? It's yeah, it's
2: Michael yeah, Massey, I want to sit down interview with you.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I would
2: meet I would me in the car park. <laughs> in the
0: car, just in a car park. Just in
2: a car park in a car park,
0: a car park near Outside
2: you. Abu Dhabi circuit you're going to Abu Dhabi
0: are you now Katie oh wow I see all right cool last
2: minute cheap flight
0: (laughs) yeah amazing right team WTF1 member Sam Fehey says should Michael Massey be allowed to make wheeler dealer offers before stewards make their judgments ignoring how amazing the broadcasting of it was on the FIA radio seems like an effort to maintain the flow and momentum of the race he just caused confusion among the teams I don't know what he was trying to do Personally, I don't know if there was maintaining flow of momentum or if he was like, I'm trying to deal with a thousand things right now. You can have P2. How about it? I, I know this sort of meme or joke about deal or no deal is probably not very. Because um, uh, I was going to tweet it and I was like, I don't think many people, even, I think I'm a boomer. I don't think many people know what deal or no deal is, but I explained it in internet best reactions. But it just, from a perspective of a fan, listening to that just seemed dodgy. I get what he was probably trying to do and be like, hey, take P2 or P3. con <laughs> exists. Um, and otherwise, I'll refer you to the stewards. But for, for me, as the head of the FIA, you've got to be someone that you tell the team exactly what's going down. You go, right, you did this. That was naughty. Do yeah. this, or you get a penalty. The way he goes about it makes, at least in my opinion, me seem as though Michael Massey doesn't feel confident to just 100%. what to
1: do. It, I think I think you've got it bang on there. I wonder if the language as well is going against him that he's saying, I will offer you P2. No, you you give that place back now, or you're getting a penalty. Even if you said that and it's the same outcome. I mean, in my opinion, um, Max was very fortunate that he even got that offer anyway, because um but that's that's a different story but and again that probably links in again with <clears throat> trying not to affect the championship oh a hundred percent because at the end of the day if you if you look at it this way max has gone for a move that was never on to, to be behind you' behind lewis gone for a move that's never on overtaken him pushed him wide and then is allowed to just to just have another go at the yeah. next restart by putting him one place back and you can can argue that like that's not not really fair. Um, but, and this is me. So I can't believe this is me saying this, but yeah, um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's it an absolute joke. And I think it is the, I, I felt that whole race, it was just a worry of like, I don't want to get too involved with the title, even, even things like, um, when there was so much debris on the track and it, there were blind walls and stuff and people wanting to pick up, uh, like you thought, Marshall doesn't really want to go on that track, even under virtual safety car that you thought for a full safety car here, but they were kind of reluctant to, because they didn't want to, again, like mess with things. It, It really felt to me like the whole race, they were so paranoid about ruining the title battle. And they had this perfect scenario where, you know, they could go into equal points or it would still be really close going into Abu Dhabi and they wanted to do everything they could to make sure that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Was it? And I think, yeah, the way Michael Massey word stuff, uh, probably doesn't help because he needs, it needs to be like, this is happening. I'm the race director. I don't care what you guys say. It's my decision.
2: Exactly. Needs to be much more stern, much more confident and say, like you, like you guys have alluded to, I call the shots, what I say goes. Otherwise, if you give an inch, these teams will take a mile. We've seen in these higher pressure atmospheres on the pit wall, like it should (laughs) shouldn't be that race uh, you know, like uh top people, top sporting directors and stuff in the team are shouting back and talking over the race director. It should just be a case of it's black or it's white. This is your penalty. Um, if you don't do it within, like we said, if you don't give the p- position back in three laps, then you will get a penalty. Entical instead of just like him going, oh okay, um, uh, let let me let me get back to you. It needs to be like, listen here, punk. <laughs> don't do it, I'm gonna get cross, and you don't want to see me when I'm angry. What yeah. we need is Michael Massey to turn into the Hulk. Is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, but then again, he might even do even more brash decisions if he turns to the Hulk. Who knows? Uh, but yes, that's this is good fun, isn't it? What a lovely podcast we've got going. Well, I feel
2: like right I'm now. getting I'm a lot of aggression out. This yeah, is like therapy. I'm feeling it's better good. already.
0: I really am. <laughs> Next question goes from or comes from Jack Brech says: Should the teams or Brech should the teams have less communication with the FIA? It seems now the teams have too heavy of an influence in decisions and constantly pressure Michael Massey into siding with different views and opinions. I think this goes down to FIA team radio personally uh, and what we get an insight for during the broadcast. I don't think it's ever been any different. I think the teams have always been on the phone complaining, moaning about everything and under the sun. So no, I don't think there's anything that's changing there. I genuinely think this has been like in Formula One since communication began.
2: Yeah, and. I think it is important because we had team radio of like Fernando Alonso, for example, when there was all this debris on the track saying what poor conditions it is. And we need that input from the drivers to maybe (laughs) say- Alonso down
0: in 14th asking for a safety car. Oh yeah, I wonder why he was asking for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's true, but also these drivers are going to know better than anyone at the debris that might be on the racing line or this kind of stuff. Um, So I think it is important to get Feedback from them, like Seb, for example, in Spa saying this needs to be red flagged or you know, called off. And look, what happened? There was a crash and it got red flagged. If they had listened to Seb sooner and taken on board his opinion, uh, maybe certain things could have been avoided. But yeah, I think that line of um communication between teams and drivers and the FIA is an essential part. And I think it would be daft to cut that. I think it would be probably actually more dangerous than anything. Um, but I can see where Jake is coming from, in that um some people are taking it a bit too far and trying to bargain with um decisions that should be final.
1: Yeah. And I wonder how much that goes into the last question where they know they can do it with Massey because he's not as decisive. And then, and then therefore they push it and go, maybe we can get him to change his mind here because we'll just keep going at it until <laughs> he changes his mind. <laughs>
0: Maybe, and maybe, maybe he will just buckle every time. Next question, Jealous underscore Jansen. Lewis had ample opportunity to overtake, according to the stewards, but he chose not to retake the position. Max is now getting punished, both for slowing down and for not giving back the position. Do you, like me, also think the penalties are contradictory? That's a fair point, Jealous. Uh, I guess in some ways, uh, I think problem of... Uh, Firstly, I, the the fact that there was a delay after that incident is probably the FIA going. Oh, so what now? <laughs> um, he was told to give the position back, but he didn't take it. So I can understand in some ways how that can be confusing. Um, yeah, that is that's kind of thrown me a little bit because uh,
1: what what do you think, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the, the whole thing with the the. Verstappen slowing down not giving the position back it it, for me it just needed them to just get on the radio really quickly and just basically explain what was going on which they didn't and no one seemed to to knew what was going on Hamilton letting him pass I mean yeah the 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 whole situation with the crash for me is an absolute joke because going back into the fact that I think that they're very lucky. Um, and and the and the teams, sorry, that the FAA want to uh keep the title close. It was actually interesting that I don't think Hamilton, uh, as this person says, like, he had he had a chance to overtake and he didn't take it, Hamilton. And you could argue that by him playing DRS chicken and not going for the move. Say, say Max hadn't slammed the brakes on, which is awful, but let's like say he hadn't and he had just slowed down and Hamilton crashed into the back of him. Uh, Hamilton should have just made the position. And if he'd got a reprimand for that, which I don't think would be too outrageous to give Hamilton a reprimand, to be like, you you have slight fault in this because you played your part. You, you, yeah. played your part you, you meant to just overtake a slower car and you didn't. That would be his final reprimand, wouldn't it? It would be his final reprimand. And he'd get a 10-place grid penalty. So I wonder why he didn't get one. Oh Equally, I wonder God. why Max Verstappen only got a 10-second penalty. <laughs> hey, and where's, where's, where's our tinfoils tin at? Tin pe- <laughs> at? Yeah, because I personally think that Max Verstappen, you could argue maybe even, you know, he, he's extremely lucky to if you're going really hardcore with it to not even have been disqualified from the race with like all the incidents and the thing is the penalties are a joke anyway because what it's saying is Max Verstappen can break test an opponent run wide and it doesn't matter because your car's so much quicker than everyone else that you've got a gap and you can just do whatever you want until you know you get you get penalties that just knock you down do you know what I mean like what 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 is a 10 second penalty for yeah. for brake testing if you've got a 10 second gap it's, it's absolutely not, insane it is it's mad isn't it so um yeah that that to me screams that they didn't want to affect the the title with Hamilton and mm. and Verstappen and, and meddle with it and they're just sort of really hoping they just get to the end of this season and uh go back to the old days where one team dominates and they don't have to make big calls <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I think that's bang on. Um, even when we were waiting for a steward's decision, I was thinking, I can't imagine this is going to be too crazy. I think Verstappen, I agree with the stewards in that Verstappen was predominantly at fault for it. Of course, like we say, why did why did Hamilton not go for the gap if that was a slowing car? Verstappen, I mean, he'd already reported that he had some power issues earlier in the race. What if this was the battery that gave up or something to do with his PU just quit? Um would Hamilton have still been as slow and suspicious? He said afterwards, Hamilton, he was certain that Max was playing some sort of game because like we said, the communication wasn't there. He wasn't being told that Max was slowing to give him the position back. But um, yeah, it, I, I had assumed that either no penalty would be given so that we did go into the final race with the narrative of them being tied on points. Like this is the kind of stuff F1 are going to have wet dreams about, you know, because... Think how amazingly you can commercialize this whole thing. Like it's not happened since 1974, since the drivers have gone into the final race tied on points. It's only happened
0: once. That was the one time, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah,
2: literally. And um, they're probably thinking, oh my God, all our Christmases have come at once. This is amazing. And like you say, a 10 second penalty um for that incident one it's like giving Mazepin a five place grid drop when he's already p20 it does absolutely sweet it's like the meme of the, uh, the
0: swimmer with the bottle of water <laughs> yeah. pouring it, over their <laughs> <end>. it literally <laughs> yeah. is 100 um
2: but we know that they're in their power to give time penalties they're in their power to give grid penalties and for me a time second- and, yeah
0: and they investigated it after the race didn't they so that Which- then gives them the power to do anything for the next race <laughs>
2: Exactly. In theory, like we saw, yeah, in Austria, when loads of, it was either Austria or Syria, it was at the Red Bull Ring, and loads of drivers sped through the double wave yellows at the end of the race. I think it was in Austria, because that's when Kimi and Seb came together. And because it was done after the race and within the final few laps, what would have been a 10-second stop and go was converted into a 30-second penalty. But here it's just just a 10-second. And... Just, I, insane, I don't want to sit here and, and accuse the FIA of doing it oh, to no, be do.
1: this is, no, this but is but a safe but, space.
2: Michael Massey I mean, will be after me, babe.
1: <laughs> <never> <laughs> it's really. so obvious. It's so obvious. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. It's not even a de- it's not even a debate. Like they've got the perfect title showdown. Like I say, Hamil- Hamilton could have easily got a reprimand. <laughs> Hamilton could have easily got a reprimand. Uh Max probably should have even been disqualified from the whole race or given a grid drop for the next race. Hamilton could have gotten a grid drop for the next race because of his reprimands. But this is the perfect way, you know, going into yeah. the title finale It is is it's so obvious to me. What because- I want
0: to question is, I mean, I don't think it's come out, but Mercedes, why are they not appealing that particular uh, penalty decision? Because in the literal document, it says that Max Brake checked Lewis in in so many words, right? You know, it says...
1: Arguably one of the worst things you can do in a Formula 1
0: car. At the very least, that is a 30-second, 10-second stop-go penalty converted into a 30-second time penalty. There's no way in hell that's a 10-second penalty. 30 seconds drops in behind Bottas and Ocon and maybe a few other drivers as well. So I, I just... I mean, I I say I can't get my head around it, but I also can because, as you say, Tommy, it's very clear what they're trying to do. But I find it very strange that Mercedes haven't piped up a bit more about this and what the penalty was because they have rights to appeal that, right?
2: Mm. I mean, in looking at... Baku, for example, back in 2017, with the whole yeah. Vettel and Hamilton, he break tested me incident. Vettel was given a 10 second stop and go penalty. So, not just time, for turning into a little
0: bit. Yeah, not a 10 like second
2: that. penalty, like on, on your time, 10 second stop and go, which means you have to come into the pits, lose all that time, which probably after the race would be a 30 second time penalty. So, yep. why has this? I, I think it's all for very much worse. <laughs> as far as it's very it's bushless. That's all I will say. But, um,
0: this DRS chicken gone wrong times oh, a thousand. Know, eh? um, but hey, look, loving this podcast. Hey, happy everybody rides. enjoying themselves. Leave a like and subscribe. Woo! <laughs> okay, let's get to my three word race review. F me sideways. <laughs> for
2: God's sake.
0: That's <laughs> literally what I said when Tommy asked me for my three word race review because I was still very much in shock. I'm still in shock. So, uh, welcome to my three word race review. I mean, does it need any more? Like, do do I need to explain why I put that? Probably not. Let's go into a question. Geordie Winters, 15. That race has to be the biggest joke of the season. Oh, inject it into my veins. Let's get it going. Even without the hamilton Verstappen controversy, it was too dangerous. Track is really not up to the standard of F1. And hey, this isn't what Geordie says. This is what I say. We're back in three months. Just over three months. We're back in Saudi again. That's, I mean... The track the what i can't get my head around right is that herman tilke and his son carsten i think sat down with a blank piece of paper and went hey what are we gonna what are we gonna draw today what are we gonna make today okay they want clearly saudi wants something a tagline to go with what they have as a circuit the fastest street circuit okay cool how many blinds how many blind corners do you want yes
1: did you not hear though on the on the grid when Brundle asked him and he was pretty much alluding to, well, this is all I could do because I was given this long, thin." Mm.
2: you've got strip. the sea one side. You can't exactly build onto sea. Yeah, you can't exactly. do Mario so, true. <laughs> so,
0: But I mean, have you seen Saudi Arabia? Like, everywhere. yeah, no,
1: but the thing is, I think Tilka was trying to say, like, I, I was given this plot of land yeah. that's yeah, yeah. a really which is probably why it looks so different. Um like a knife that Crofty didn't say. Sorry, Katie. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, it it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, then I guess the only other thing they could do would be to just put make it like Avis in the 1950s, if you've ever seen mm. that, and just yeah. two two massive long straights, and then that would it be even more dangerous? I don't know. Um, mm. maybe not actually. <laughs> or hey, or hey, how about this? Why did we even race there in
0: the first place? who knows? That's another topic of conversation. Money, we, um, money.
1: <laughs> must be the funny. thing is that yeah that track there was there were so many sketchy moments i mean mazapin's very lucky that he didn't end up uh in an f2 situation um which which thank goodness by for what i've read that enzo Fittipaldi's only hurt is like, fractured fractured is his fractured ankle i think yeah which um, is which, ins- which is insane that. because yeah it is when a when a car does that you fear the worst um and yeah, the the Mazepin incident looked really nasty, and it's just one of those things where, as soon as a car's like sideways across the track, like imagine if that was on the high speed section, yeah, that no one can see uh, it. No one can see it. Yeah. Everyone's just plowing, in. you're having a, you know, a Spa '98 kind of crash, but at even higher speeds, and walls either side, so you can't really do much. And then, and there was the whole problem with the fact that you know they had to throw constant VSCs for debris, um, and you wouldn't want to be a marshal no, going onto chance. the track at a blind corner um and even though they're telling you yeah go now uh okay <laughs> i can't yeah. see round the corner but yeah okay i'll go and i don't know if that's part of their job but um because there was yeah, a, a, a lack of competence with the, the flags as well
0: wasn't there uh this weekend mm like we had in free practice, didn't we, with Mazepin and Hamilton, there was no white flags being flown for Hamilton going slowly and things like that. Um, so, Um, And obviously you mentioned as well earlier, Katie, with the Formula 2 and the, the car stalled on the grid. There wasn't uh, any flags for that either. So um, yeah, clearly there needs to be, a again, an investigation, a look into why it was so chaotic. And fair enough, we do have dangerous tracks on the calendar, but...
1: Baku? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it I, did I bet- seem like Baku... Like
0: but a, at least with Baku, track. at least with Baku, you can see where you're kind of going, and any time you're going around a corner, apart from maybe one or two corners, it's a ninety degree like breaking point that uh, you go into the blind corner at probably I don't know hundred miles an hour rather than hundred and eighty, which is you know mm. the, I guess the whole oh, world's fastest street track. Changes need to be made. I don't think that they can leave it like that because I was genuinely nervous watching the the, the action. I, I was quite happy to see us get out of there. With no serious, serious incident. Of course, we had the Formula Two incident, but you know, in Formula One, I was expecting something maybe even worse, but thankfully we didn't. I don't know what they can change. Make the walls transparent. Who knows? Didn't didn't but- <laughs> you
1: didn't you publish something just recently, Katie, about George Russell saying that the track did you say the track needs to change or something? Like he wasn't happy either, was he? And he's the GP DA mm. director, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, he was saying that, um, what was the quote he used? I was like, oh, George Russell, that is a spicy young man. Uh, He said that um, it's a great track um, through... Turns three to seven, you couldn't see anything, cars were everywhere, but it's a recipe for disaster. And when you've got the director of the Grand Prix Drivers Association saying that, then honey, you're not in a good place. Um, He said, definitely needs a rethink. And if uh, we do need to come back next year, which I guess we are, I think there are definitely some things that we need to modify to make these kinks just straight because it's so Mm. blind. We have already seen too many incidents waiting to happen. Um, and yeah I, i'm amazed genuinely amazed that we had a clean first lap i was so full of nerves and thought this is going to be awful especially after what we'd seen in f2 i know that was more a case of just a car stalling on the grid rather than actually the volume of people going to turn one for example but um yeah it's uh there are i think there are definitely things we can do to make sure that this is safer like like george is saying maybe get rid of some of the kinks do we need 27. 27- corners probably not no (laughs) No. and even like watching the onboards and stuff you know some f1 tracks are referred to be like being on a roller coaster um maybe that's more the undulation than the actual like left right left right but with this circuit watching an onboard is genuinely terrifying because obviously these drivers know which way they're going to go next, but it's more what's around that corner. I know that we have things in place like flags and um, things on dashboards to alert people when others go off and stuff. but um, And there's always going to be things like this on street circuits. And that's one of the reasons why I love street circuits is because it's so, like, there's no room for any kind of margin for error. But, yeah, it's it shouldn't be that we're going to a track and the first thing on everybody's mind is, I wonder if there's going to be a big crash here this weekend, which could potentially be unavoidable. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see if changes can be made. They've built the street circuit in record time. I think it's like eight months anyway. So hopefully they can make some changes in three months.
0: (laughs) You'd like to think so. And, it's you know, the decision just needs to be made very quickly so that they can get this in place for for next year. Um, I don't see any problem with getting rid of some of the kinks, to be honest with you. So fingers crossed, because even qualifying was dangerous. Um, with uh, the drivers slowing down in certain well. areas and, and and whatnot. So, yeah, fingers crossed they'll do something about that. Uh, next question, the mad hiker. There shouldn't have been a red flag after Mick Schumacher crashed. This could have saved a bunch of the problems ensued. Thoughts? No. Uh, I, I, I did tweet and a lot of people misunderstood what I meant by controversial, but I mean, it was controversial putting the red flag out because of the, the changes in the championship and, and how some people were like the Mount Hiker may think that, uh, the, the walls, um, were, were okay, but they had to make those precautions. The problem was the delay in, th- in flowing, throwing the red flag. If they're throwing it straight away, they wouldn't have had any of these problems and everyone would have stayed as they were. Uh, so I think both of you agree with that as well, that. The barrier yeah. needed.
1: Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't sit here and slate Michael Massey in the FIA be and unsafe. be like, no, just, uh, just leave the just barrier race. unsafe. Yeah. yeah, come on, just raise. Oh,
0: come on, let's go. Uh, Team Dolly One member Alessandro, do you think the FIA should have disallowed tire changes under yellow and red flag conditions? Feels like the pit strategy was not existing as all the tires did their tire changes under the red flag. Uh, in my opinion, yes. I, I don't like to see the, the tire changes. Personally, Tommy's shaking his head. um <laughs> Uh, yeah i i don't think it the unless i don't know because obviously they do it i guess for tire safety as well I, i'm i'm not sure why yeah they yeah. yeah i guess if you go it, over
2: debris or something you need to be able to change your tires
0: yeah that's true i'm changing my mind on the spot I don't, it, it, <laughs> it obviously does change the complexion of the race but then i suppose at the same time you know red flags like safety cars they change the complexion of the race as well um so you know there were 40 laps to go it's not like it ruined the race completely we had many years ago in monaco didn't we where um who was it was out, was it vettel that was, vettel on, was like, out really front and you can have this epic finish and then they all got yeah. to change it it kind of uh, we, it a bit. yeah which
1: kills it a bit so um i guess i'm neutral on it i don't really mind <laughs> <laughs> it's the luck of the it's for me yeah. it's the luck of the draw um you know you, you kind of alluded to it that the weather the safety cars, debris, pit strategy—it's all part of the variables of Formula One. And yes, when you get screwed over by it, you probably hate it. As Lando Norris was very vocal, vocal about it. Hamilton was obviously very annoyed about it, but then he arguably is the biggest gainer from red flag rules in the entire season because he got mm. to change his car, uh, fix his car at Silverstone, and also got a lap back in Imola so you could argue that you probably got about 40 points out of red flag rules um so yeah it it, it's one of those things for me it just is what it is and it's it's very it's a very rare occurrence um but that's that's part of that's part of f1
2: exactly I mean like look at Baku this year when we had the red flag with two laps to go and everyone could pit and change for you know maybe a fresher set of the softs or whatever they had left which made the sprint so much more exciting um and yeah i think the rules have probably been been introduced for like we said earlier like if you have to go over debris um or debris i don't know why i keep saying debris say, either or either tomato, or,
0: tomato debris exactly is american, yeah yeah, yeah it's too, to too much american
2: debris. telly um so I think it's a, a fair rule to keep. I, there are a million other rules that I'd rather get rid of first before getting rid of that. But like you said, it's kind rule. Q T rule and the one where if you cause a red flag or like a yellow flag in qualifying, you quality. get you lose your lap time. One lap
0: quality, yeah. Uh, Well, just for Q3, yeah, that's what (laughs) we think. Q3 should be one lap shootout. Q1 and Q2 should be just normal quality as we have. That's what we discussed in the quality watch along, didn't we? Lovely stuff. Uh, But yeah, I guess coming back to the red flag stuff, I guess it would be dangerous. Say we have 25 laps into the race, everybody's on kind of older tires, and then we have a race start with those tires because they won't be able to get tire temperature as well and then things like that. So understandable. A, B, C, D, E, F, one time. We're here. (laughs) Oh. finally press the button or not i don't know Beep. why is verstappen not got a grade
2: well because i was saving it to the podcast because they were tied on points this morning when i was filling the sheet in they're still tied on it's still tied on exactly the same amount of votes
1: between oh, what a and f <laughs> i'll put it in the i'll
2: put it in the sheet so you can I see
0: bet it, i bet it is between that yeah Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Here we go then. A, B, C, D, E, F, one time. Let's do this. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I am going to have to give this man an A star. He he managed everything that was thrown at him in... Oh, wait.
2: I disagree. He crashed
0: into the back of Max. A. Yeah, I've, <laughs> a! Gone for, I've gone for A. I was going to say
1: yes. and I was like, wait, hold on, that happened, and he was it wasn't... It, it for wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't a perfect run, but...
2: No, yes. for somebody that was called into the steward's office as much as Lewis Hamilton this weekend, I don't yeah, think I can a give star. him an yeah, A star. fair, fair,
0: fair, fair. Okay. I'm glad I changed it before you guys said <laughs> Uh The fans uh, gave him an A star. So, wow, there you well go. Done. Bottas. Good old Valtteri.
1: Uh, Nearly
2: went up the back of Max at the start. Oh, that
0: was yeah. close. Yeah, I'm so
1: I'm... embarrassed, to be fair.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's Jeez. insane, isn't it? That was felt like about five years ago. To... I know, literally, <laughs> I
0: just sat there before Internet's Best reactions, going, what happened in the first 15 <laughs> laps? Uh, I'm going to give Bottas a B. It's on the front row of the grid. And he yeah, yeah. Nowhere.
1: I think he could have got, well, I guess he... Uh, all you need to do is get past him at the end, and he, he only, did only right just at the beat end. Ocon on the line for a podium. Contest. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: yeah, B just.
2: Yeah, I think high B.
0: Was that going to be an A? Is that just was that going to, like close to an A, Tommy? Was that for you?
1: No, like, no, mine was no close C. to a C. Oh, yeah. there you
0: go. Katie was like high B? Interesting. Mm-hmm. But we all agreed on a B, uh, and the fans gave Bottas an A. Everyone's feeling very generous. Going to the end <laughs> of the season, a bit of
2: they're like look at Christmas
0: spirit. Uh, Max Verstappen. <laughs> oh
1: god i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it d i've gone for a c yeah i've gone for a c
0: Okay, that's fine. We don't have to agree. It's fine. But, you know, after all your comments, Tommy, you've said a C. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. I thought you had gone a harsher.
1: Well, he still finished
0: second, didn't he? But no, no, but we're not talking about the result here. We're talking about more than Whether that. it was fair than, that he finished yeah,
1: second.
0: You're
1: going to stay yeah. with a C. The Max Cape took over you as you were. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't like, one thing I, w- I would argue is this is where i bring all my fanboy back now um <laughs> one thing i would say is i do kind of get max's point when in my opinion uh the five second penalty for him pushing hamilton off and him cutting the first uh chicane um i do get the point that he was like well it was fine in brazil why is it not fine now like that is on the stewards really like I don't agree that it was fine in Brazil. Yeah, But if in Brazil they told you it was fine and you do it again and then you get a penalty, you've got every right to be a bit miffed about it. Yeah, I guess
0: maybe he was more obviously out of control of the car. I I, I don't know.
1: Uh, who, what, the
0: stewards, as we've already mentioned, absolute carnage. Uh, so we gave Stappen a C and the fans gave him an A or a B. So Because it is on tied on points. So what are we going to give him then? We decide if it's an A or a B from the fans. I think Let it me refresh the, the page and see in if it's case. changed. There go on refresh. See if it has. Has it changed?
2: No. no.
1: Okay, <laughs> no. okay. Is sorry. it actually bang on equal?
2: 475 votes for both, yeah.
1: Wow. Well and, well, and just...
2: bearing in mind when people <laughs> yeah, <Tommy's> vote <laughs> <gonna> go sticking. <laughs> so yeah, Tommy's like, A. I think mean, you would have
0: gone for a B, wouldn't you, Tommy? That's the closest one to yours. So uh, okay, okay, let's give a staff on a B from yeah. the fans. Um Sergio Perez. Uh, unqualified by Leclerc then got crashed into by Leclerc uh, or crashed into tagged. Um, tagged so gonna have to give him a C yeah C C as
2: well yep
0: yeah, C from the fans as well uh, alan Norris got caught out he, by the red flag he was not he was happy unlucky, boy about yeah. that was he yeah but very unlucky did get 10th he got 10th in the end yeah C <laughs> yeah I think
1: it's
0: I've
1: gone for B British by us <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, McLaren just seemed to have dropped off a little bit at the moment. Obviously, he had to go on soft tyres to make it through to Q3. Um, yeah, I think it's. A- well, is Lando yeah, kind of actually a pretty good? He did. Um,
2: Seventh to Danny Rick's 11th.
0: With all the chaos. Fifth. Well, lad.
1: With all the chaos, Lando is actually genuinely at risk at finishing seventh in the title, after all this. (laughs) Oh,
0: God. That's
1: insane, isn't it? Madness. I'm going to stick with a C for Lando. Uh,
0: So, Katie, you a C?
2: I'm a C as well.
0: Okay, so C from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo finished P5, had a a good little race, uh, did old Danny, managed to keep Pierre Gasly behind, uh, was keeping Bottas behind for a long time as well. I'm going to give him an... I think he outperformed that McLaren. I'm going to give him an A. I
2: too am going to give him an A.
0: Yeah, Yeah, an A. Okay, perfect. And the fans gave him an A. Charles Leclerc, uh, he ended up finishing P7. Uh, Managed to, well, I don't know why the two Ferraris were fighting so hard uh, in turn one. (laughs) Uh, that Incredible. was definitely some ego there. I genuinely felt like Charles Leclerc has been a little bit bruised this year from how good Carlos Sainz has been, and he wanted to have one up on his team.
1: If that he Ferrari's
0: quick, oh my days, next year. Those two. those two are always uh, going to be
2: so good. Fireworks.
0: Yeah. And I genuinely think they will be. I think yep. they will be right at the front uh, next year. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Charles Leclerc. I'm going to give him a B.
1: <laughs> mm. oh, th- this race is so difficult cuz of the red flag like some people got really unlucky and i feel like he got really unlucky but uh a yeah a okay b from me katie
2: oh <laughs>
0: <I'm>... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mar-mar-mar-mar-mar. i i I'm leaning towards B because of the F2, sh- uh, the FP2 shunt. But then <laughs> is that, yeah, just, it's nothing <laughs> it to fault. do with it. Yeah, <laughs> he was watching it, it's his fault. Um, But yeah, you can't deny that he did pretty good recovery. I don't like making decisions.
0: Decide.
2: Um, <laughs> B.
0: Okay, B. So we give Leclerc a B and the fans gave him a B as well. Carlos Sainz, we're going to give the same grade, uh, B.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Hello? This B, is a podcast, guys. B, you have to speak. B. Oh, it's so close to
0: a C, but I think he gets a B. A C for Carlos Sainz for finishing Even two though two Leclerc tagged Perez. Well, yeah, he, but he didn't know where really to go in that. I think that
1: was just a racing instance. Unless yeah. he started. Yeah, he was quite good in the, in, in the race. He obviously had a disastrous quality, but Sainz had a disastrous quality and finished two seconds behind Charles. Uh, yeah. I
2: think, um, that's a good... I think that's really good. He's like a little rocket when he starts from the back. Yeah. When, he, when Carlos starts near the back, he makes up positions like nobody's
0: decent, business. Yeah, decent B. Yeah, yeah. B is fair. Beep. Oh, you're happy? Okay, on, good job. I'm glad you're happy. The fans gave uh, Sainz a B as well. Sebastian Vettel had a very strange sort of grandpa versus grandpa <laughs> fight between himself <laughs> and that. Kimi Raikkonen. So
2: um,
0: obviously ended up finishing 16th. No, I didn't finish actually. Did not finish the race at all after his car was just breaking after the contact with Kimi. It was just a bit clumsy with those two, wasn't it? It was yeah. just like, you know, it felt like Kimmy forgot what the next corner was because there was no way he Probably was going not. around the outside at that corner. Um, Vettel obviously understood as well. It's No, Aston was so bad. I'm giving them a... Uh, he was actually on the fringes of the points before that, but then uh, he understood. I'm going to give him a D. C for me. C as well. Okay, C from the fans for Vettel. Uh, Lance Stroll finished Such 11th. Fun.
2: Amazing that he finished eleventh because oh, no. I literally didn't see him at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: gonna give him I a was like, C, he finished C. out in Q,
2: yeah.
0: Finished eleventh, not too bad. Obviously, there were quite a few DNFs. Uh, Pierre Gasly finished P six. I'm giving him a B. Yeah, B. Yeah,
2: another solid performance from him,
0: and the fans gave him a B as well. Yuki Tsunoda Ugh. was looking so good in quali. He was, um, it was, it was properly like on it wasn't he and Have then so it was the like a stone train. at the start of the race yeah, then was yeah. coming back and then crashed with Vettel it's a D
1: yeah
2: yeah if you got off the hype train Matt now you got I was on it.
1: on it I was on, 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 on it and it it very quickly I've got a point
2: to make oh Tommy's got a point to make
1: hello I've got a point to make oh, oh, oh sorry everybody everybody, everybody yeah, But down what they're saying no but doing it's actually I think is quite a valid point um for everyone that thinks that Alpha Tower are going to mess with the championship, they could have pitted Yuki Sonoda at the end and didn't, which shows that all the conspiracy theories that think that Alpha Tauri are going to like are to take pit it away for fastest lap. lap and do this kind of stuff shows that they're just, they are their own team. Yes, a they'll probably, point. you know, they might, they might do the odd thing where like when they're legitimately for position, fight a bit harder with Hamilton. But in terms of like doing anything dodgy or helping Red Bull, that's not going to happen because they could have easily just pitted Sonoda. He was out the points, bang on some tyres, take fastest lap point for Hamilton, and they didn't. So it shows or maybe that they just thought
0: Yuki wasn't thing. able to do it. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> but, um, okay, yeah. so Yuki uh, going to give a D, and the fans gave him a D as well. Fernando Alonso ended up finishing 13th in the Shocker. end. Shocking race. Uh, it's going I'm to be going a D for
1: me. Yeah. A yeah, D as well. Yeah, almost After an a- E. I think he was of, wow. No, I'm going to go for an E. He's yeah. Fernando Alonso, and he's been absolutely. I think he was had a really poor weekend, and wow. I'm disappointed. Wow, you? Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Look
0: at that face. God, he's angry. Okay, so we're going to give Alonso a D, unfortunately, and uh, the fans gave him a C, which is very uh, generous.
2: generous.
0: <laughs> Esteban Ocon finished P4 in the Alpine. Uh, I am going to give him an
2: a. Oh, come on! Really?
0: It's an A. It's a, not an a star. It's not an A star for me.
1: No. A star. Oh, it's Tell almost it. an A star. I think. Yeah, I think he gets an A star. Don't yeah, giving him an A star. Okay. I think. I, I think because he made a great start, and he was he seemed a lot better than Alonso this weekend as well. Where I know he was obviously fortunate. With, mm. with the whole thing but I think he did just drive a really good race so I think it's because he just lost the podium at the end I was like oh. that's not his fault DRS is terrible it's his fault
0: defend better you know what I mean you can't <laughs> defend a Mercedes <laughs> with DRS yes gender. you can yes you, you can Daniel Ricciardo did it for many laps it's fine right, Esteban Ocon did it for many laps for just
1: <laughs> to one, one straight time <laughs> not enough, not enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fine okay cool Well uh, director by the way star. please get in the bin for not setting <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. Ocon I know, what was was he immediately doing? I was shouting at the TV going Verstappen's cross the line show Ocon you could see them yeah. swapping on the timing yeah. tower yeah and
2: really the fighting. Ferraris were really yeah. close so as well that was, yeah.
1: that was genuinely made me even more angry after that <laughs> Uh so we give Ocon an A star and so do the fans
0: Kimi Raikkonen D D D yeah and the fans gave him a D Giovinazzi what a lovely race from Antonio Giovinazzi he was running in P7 for a very long time ended up finishing P9 that is an A from me A definitely What a move as well On
1: uh, Alonso Is it On the outside
0: Yeah Beautiful You don't do that To Fernando Alonso Very often do you And yeah Ninth Fair play You happy with that Katie Yeah I am Yeah And uh, the fans gave him a B Come on guys Jeez Uh, George Russell Well he was out of the race uh, After being yeeted By Mazepin So It's going to have to be a C C C And the fans gave him a C Nicholas Satifi
2: Also C
0: (laughs) Finishing twelfth, Uh but yeah, C.
2: Yeah, he finished ahead of Alonso. Come on, Nicholas Latifi.
0: Yeah, and Sonoda. And, and Sonoda did gonna... reverse over his own front wing. <laughs> it's so. true, and
2: his brakes were on fire, and it just yeah. seems to be like it's, up to it's the still hill. a C.
0: I'll
2: go B because it won't affect the actual overall grade, uh, and so I'll the get bands,
0: good points. <laughs> yeah. The fans gave him a C. Nikita Mazapin. I mean C, C. And uh, The fans gave him a C as well. And Schumacher crashed. So it's going to be a D from me. Yeah. Yeah,
2: D. I think that's
0: fair. And the fans gave him a D as well. Lovely. Predictions for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Now let me just oh, get oh, my bag. You go. I've get, my, get my bag of points, which I've already got. Add two more in there my first one one of the champ rivals makes a big mistake i'm caught wait i mean yeah come yeah, on yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that. a that's a million points if i'm yeah you yeah. don't even
2: have to argue can't. i'm, know, to I'm not arguing
0: one. i'm just soaking it in everybody and the second one at least two safety cars i can't believe i even had to say vscs or scs give me give me 18 safety cars or whatever the hell happened at the end of that so that's a lovely maximum points from me thank you so much i'd love to know <laughs> Has anybody
1: actually racked up who's got the most points? anywhere? I, <laughs> no, I would love not to
0: know.
1: Not me, <laughs> uh, Tommy. Let's go with yours. Yeah. Ferrari on the podium. Nope. And biggest dry gap to pole this year. Nope. Well Awful. done.
0: Awful. What, what, what was pole? What was the difference between?
1: It wasn't a huge amount. of like or was it? Because was Bottas um, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, it was indeed.
0: Katie,
2: I went for Crofty. Says the circuit map looks like a knife or a hair grip on commentary. I never heard it.
1: No. Never so confident it. of that, weren't you? I know.
2: So upset. No. Why did
0: you think Crofty was gonna say hair grip? I'd love to know. Like
2: because he comes out with the most random um, just rubbish <laughs> in gotcha. sometimes. And if there was a red flag or something, I thought that could be the kind of thing that he spouts out, yep. but he didn't. And then I said Daniel Ricardo to oh. be best of the rest of our know, <laughs> we laughed
1: at this one in the, in the pre-pod and it we was rope. Like, like, nope. And
2: I would to- like to say that every single time I've said Daniel Ricardo is gonna either beat Norris or do really well, he does do well. So
1: so, Dona Ricardo, so congratulations, you get yeah. a zero point participation medal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I love how literally he's finished P5, and we would think that would be best of the rest, and yet Esteban Archon finished fourth.
2: I know. God's That's sake, Esteban. Savage.
0: Sorry, Katie. Uh, the Can fans. I get
2: half a point? <laughs> no,
0: don't even try that. Daniel Skews F1, at least two red flags. Yes. Uh, Kiss Barnabs 2, more than five DNFs. Yes. And unfortunately, F1 so a dits yet. Yeah, Lance Stroll. Yeah, and Lance Stroll top four finish. No. One step um, too far from the fans, yeah, that way. <laughs> yeah, but well done, fans. Two points for you guys. Woo-hoo. And predictions for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. I've gone for one of the teammates beats the opposite team's title rival. So that'll be Bottas beating Verstappen. Bottas beating
1: Verstappen. Or- I don't
0: think it's going to be Perez beating Hamilton, personally. but uh, And Ferrari, best of the rest. Tommy.
1: I've gone for the title battle is a massive anti climax because it's Abu Dhabi. And yeah, we'll see. And uh, you're trying to use your
0: powers for the good there. I appreciate that, Tommy. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Kimmy wins Driver of the Day. Oh, give yourself a point right now, why don't you? That is. I can see that happening. Yeah, we need to get a petition out for that, actually, to be fair. And Katie.
2: Um, I've gone for a rather controversial one. I've said Frank, the, championship, shut up. Cameron, <laughs> the championship won't be decided by the chequered flag.
0: Oh, God.
2: Which I'm hoping is going to be the biggest jinx of the century because oh, yeah, yeah, I that's... really can't be dealing with that because I have an annual to submit. Um, and oh, If you
0: want to buy the WTF1 Apple, oh, yes. uh, you can uh, check out the link in the description where Katie, the WTF1 author, has been working very hard on it. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> um.
2: And also i said the circuit changes won't improve the racing.
0: Wow, yep. you really Agreed. are going for anti-jinx. That, I love that. But yes, also, there's, they are minor changes, isn't it? It's They've got rid of the triple left-right-left thing. The awful chicane, yeah. Yeah, That's what else have they changed?
1: Yes, the the second long straight, uh, DRS straight, it's now got a kind of banked, almost a bit like Jeddah turned 13, is it? The the very quick left-hander. Um, it's a bit like that, rather than the another... Awful chicane, you know, right at the end of the second DRS zone and the long back straight. Yeah. So you go. Main but that's the uh, left, right, left, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The left, right, left. That's now just a sweeping. Yeah. So corner. is it just the one change? Two changes. Two changes. I What's the other change?
2: Three.
1: Three changes. Oh, sorry. Wow. Yeah. And they've opened up the corners of the hotel as well. Okay. So so the straight line, which is actually the, if you look at the podcast oh, yes, the thumbnail from Abu Dhabi last year, yeah. uh, that is aged very well because, yeah, <laughs> they now straight line that chicane that we said they should do and go straight into the hairpin. Oh, then yes, they go down it. the straight chicane. Because I thought straight. there was talk
0: about the fact that they didn't do that first change because it's too fast near
1: too the, fast near the grandstands. uh grandstands, but obviously they've they think got away with it. It's fine now. Lovely. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that uh, hopefully helps. But, I think it
0: might help a little bit, to be sure. It might help a little uh, bit, yeah. And that will mean Katie gets zero points. The fans uh, Milos Zablonski, Hamverbot, can uh, Drink, one final classic Kim radio, Kimmy radio moment, and literally everyone, Hamilton
1: Verstappen Collide. Genuinely 99%. Uh, I, I, that took me so long to find two predictions other than Hamilton that, and Verstappen yeah. collide <laughs> just to just to put them in oh, the sheet.
0: amazing amazing stuff.
1: Uh, right that is pretty much
0: it. We will be doing a midweek audio podcast about our predictions and thoughts on the championship showdown and any news and things that come out uh, whilst uh, otherwise over the next this few days will be six hour podcast <laughs>
1: otherwise it will. Um
0: Tommy final thoughts. Uh
1: my final <laughs> thoughts is please keep it clean and happy to yep katie
2: my final thoughts i have two the first oh. one is the most important one which is that i'm glad that enzo Fittipaldi and porcher are fine after that incident and the second one because I'm a seller and you can't see it on camera I'm wearing a team no a WTF1 Christmas jumper woohoo that says box 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 you
0: can find that on your nearest shop.wtf1.com and yeah look I'm wearing one too which has got a Christmas tree but it's a Formula 1 cars It's lovely. You should go check it out. And Tommy's not wearing one, but he's just wearing a normal WTF1 hoodie. Lovely. All (laughs) the merch. Amazing stuff. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you to the Team WTF1 members that are watching live this podcast. If you want to find out more about Team WTF1, there is a link in the description as well. And uh, that is pretty much it. Thank you for bearing with us for this Saudi Arabian Grand Prix rant. This may well be the longest podcast we've ever done. I'm not sure it'll be up there at the very least. And uh, yeah, we love you very, very much. Uh, please leave a like uh, or a good review or whatever it is on the uh, on all audio platforms that you're listening on. And we will see you. Well, we're going to be putting out videos every single day as we pretty much always love to do at the moment. So I hope you enjoy that. And we will see you very soon. Seven days' time till we find out the F1 oh, world not champion. Ready. Just maybe soak uh, it in. No.
1: Maybe See you we soon, find guys. out. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.